Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Good morning. Good morning. Buenos dias. Well, and uh, greetings to anybody listening to this podcast later. I want to remind you that you can follow along today's message. The outline is in your Bible app. Just look for Encounter Church or you could grab a printed outline from the box there in the back. It is still 2022 and we are still reading every word. Come on, somebody. Every word together this year. That's right. <laughs> somebody tell me what Matthew 4.4 4 says. Maybe we could get it on the screen and that might help everybody. Come on, what does Matthew 4, 4 say? Thank you, guys. People do not live by bread alone, but by... That's right, every word. All right, how about in Spanish? Como dice Mateo 4, 4. Gente no vive solo de pan. And our commitment in, in this year is that we're going to. How many words of God? You know, I think it might be a little bit important because the, the, the Bible says that we, our life comes from, from what? From every word of God, right? I mean, it's good to read some of them, but it's way better to read. All of them. ¿Cuál es, ¿Cuál es nuestro compromiso este año? Vamos a. Wow. Well, I'm just so glad to see everybody here, especially uh, happy for you uh, that may be newer around here. I want to reiterate come to our meet and greet right after service. Uh, you know, yes, go to the orange table and to the youth table and to the wake table and grab your gift, but then go right downstairs. If you've never been to a meet and greet, we just really want to meet everybody um, who's new around here and welcome you to the family. So I'll see you down there and I hope to see everybody who's never been. We got some snacks. We promise we won't keep you long. We just want to meet you. Very good. Well, the last several weeks, we have been focusing on this, um, this perspective shift, right? This idea of what? Living on mission. Very good. Living on mission. And today, we're going to wrap it up. Today, we're going to wrap it up. And just as we get started, somebody help me. We don't do missions we oh come on we can do better than that come on somebody we don't do missions we we live on mission right we don't do outreaches we live reaching out we don't go fishing we are fishers of people that's right now obviously as a part of living on mission and living reaching out and being fishers of people, we do mission trips and we do outreaches. I just wanted to say before I really get into this, I am so proud of all of our ELS graduates that this week, 
Uh, last, if, you, if you were here last Sunday, we had um, a group of, I think, 13 folks that went through our Encounter Leadership School over the summer. And this past week, they uh, literally led a whole week of outreaches all over the place. And I'm just so, so proud of you guys. So let's give all of our ELS students and everybody else a big hand. that helped with those outreaches. It was great to see. Um, let's review Matthew 10, 7, and 8. And preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons freely. You have received freely. Yeah. Come on, let's go back. And freely. Yeah. And freely. That's right, and we've been talking about living on mission is all about wherever we go, we, that's right, we do what? We, when do we give what we have? Where do we give what we have? Wherever we go, right? That's what it means to live on mission. We don't need a mission trip to do Jesus' mission, right? We don't need a planned outreach like we had many of this week. Those are wonderful. We had an awesome mission trip this past summer, preparing for one in Peru and another one in Cuba coming up soon. But we don't need to wait on the mission trip or the planned outreach to reach out to people. To live on mission means that as we go, wherever we go, we simply Somebody tell me what you have received from Jesus. Come on, what has the gospel given you? Life, love, salvation, joy, what? Peace, freedom, purpose, identity, more joy. Come on, the world needs some joy right now, right? The world needs some peace, and we understand and we know that true joy and true peace only comes from a relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Has anybody received a relationship with God as Father through the Lord Jesus Christ? Has anybody received any joy, any peace, any purpose? Has anybody been set free because of the gospel of Jesus? Does anybody know what real life is now because of the gospel of Jesus? Because he gave his life for us. And he rose again to live forever. And every one of us that put our faith in him, now we live forever. And not only forever and ever in eternity, but now we have abundant life. We have real life. As we go, wherever we go, come on, tell me where you go. We got lots of students back this morning. Where are you going to go tomorrow? Campus, right? Your college, your high school, your middle school campus. A lot of us are going to go tomorrow too. Work, very good. Every one of us after church today are going to go eat. Don't know many people that fast on Sunday afternoons. We're all going to go eat. At some point this week, we're all going to go to the gas station at least once or four times. At some point this week, most of us are going to probably go get a cup of coffee. 
At some point this week, some of us may take a walk in the park. More of us should. <laughs> or around the neighborhood. The point is, we don't need to figure out where to go to live on Jesus' mission. We just need to live on mission wherever we go. Yes? Today, today I want to remind you one more time of this. Come on, just take the pressure off of somebody. Just come on, just lift the burden. Listen. We're not trying to sell anything. This is not marketing. The gospel isn't something we're trying to push on people. The gospel isn't something that we have to convince people of. The gospel isn't a product we are trying to sell. The gospel is a free gift. And we are simply compelled to give it away because we've received it and we know the power of it, right? Today I want to talk to you to close out. This is the sixth week, pretty much the whole summer we talked about living on mission. Today I want to talk to you about living on mission to fulfill the Great Commission. Living on mission to fulfill the Great Commission. Again, if you want to follow along in your Bible app, there's an outline there, especially the scriptures. You can find them in your own Bible, but we have them on the screen for you as well. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, 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 now don't just go, but as you go, make disciples, right? Make disciples. He didn't tell them exactly where to go because he knew they'd all go different places, right? He knew that the disciples he was talking to would all end up in a lot of different places, but he says, go, and the, the, the instruction is that wherever they go, go in what? Make disciples of all the nations. How many nations? Now, this word nation doesn't just mean nation. Like when we say nation, like the United States of America, Mexico, Russia, Cuba, China. Yes, it includes those. Yes. But the word nation means people group. Okay. So literally every tribe, every language spoken, every people group. Go and make disciples of all the people groups on earth, right? Of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching these new disciples. He said, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I'm with you. I'm with you. Thank God he's with us. <laughs> Always, even to the end of the age. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. Matthew 28 is the end of the gospel of Matthew. Mark 16 is the end of the gospel of Mark. Same kind of thing. And then he told them, what? Go where? Go where? Oh, wait. Go where? 
into all the world. Then he told them, go to your church. Go to your other Christian friends that already know about me. No, he said to them, go into all the world and do what? Preach the good news to everyone. We started this whole thing seven weeks ago remembering that the gospel is really, really good news. Because there's some really bad news. And the bad news is we were created by God for God, but we've been separated from him because of this terrible thing called sin. And we have all sinned and therefore been separated from the God who made us, from the God who loves us. But the good news is God didn't wait for us to find him. God came to us. Because of sin, there was no way for you and I to ever get back to him. So he came to us. He entered into humanity. He took on a human body, human flesh, and lived. The Bible says Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. He's the expression of the Father. When we look at Jesus, we're looking at the face of God. That's good news. And he didn't just come. He didn't just, I love this about Jesus. Jesus Christ is the eternal living word of God. He's God himself. But he humbled himself to come into dirt. To take on dust. Remember what our flesh was made out of? And live in this dirty, sinful, corrupt world but never send himself. And because of that, he was qualified to be the one and only perfect and acceptable sacrifice to take away our sins. So he went, and the Bible says that he humbled himself not only by coming, but he humbled himself as low as you can go. He humbled himself all the way to the worst of, of humanity, which is death. The worst curse of sin is death. He came into humanity and he took everything. He took even death upon himself. He laid his own life down. Oh, but then he took it back again because that's what the Father commanded. And remember, he's the Word. So the Word laid his life down and then he took it back up because that's what the Father said to do. And because of that, because he humbled himself to the lowest possible place, the father said, ah, I exalt the name of Jesus high above all else. Every knee is going to bow in the heavens, in the earth, and even under the earth. All the angels, all the saints, all of the heavens and the stars and everything, every person in the earth and even under the earth, even the underworld, even the darkness, even the devil and the demons are going to have to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Come on, somebody say, Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. So why did I do all of that? Because let's go back to Mark 16. I just needed to make sure you know the good news. 
And the good news is that because he died, and when he died, he took all of our sins upon himself. He rose from the grave. He conquered sin. So anyone who puts our faith, when you put your faith in Jesus and what he did through the cross and through the resurrection, you're forgiven, you're saved, you're born again, you receive a brand new life, and you're going to live forever. And in this life, he said, I came to give you abundant life. In this life, that's why we now have joy that we didn't have. That's why we now have peace that we couldn't have before. That's why we have a purpose that we didn't know about before. Come on, is the gospel good news? I just needed to make sure you remembered that today. Because it says we're supposed to go into all the world and preach this good news to everyone. 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 Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. See, the reality is he came to save us all, but those that refuse him will not be saved. Oh, we're going to come back to that. These miraculous signs will accompany, accompany, <laughs> accompany those who believe. What are we going to do? We're going to what? In my name they will... And they'll be able to handle. And if they drink anything poisonous, they will be able to place their hands on the sick. Now, little disclaimer. Don't ever drink poison on purpose and don't ever grab a snake on purpose. The premise of this is that if you have to do that for the Great Commission, you'll be all right. Okay? Or you want me to bring a snake next Sunday? Any kind of group that says you ought to do stuff like that and that wants you to drink the Kool-Aid, don't do that. That is not what Jesus was saying. He doesn't want us to experiment with these things. The point is that if we live our lives on mission, there's power. There's authority over sickness and the devil. <sighs> Come on, say living on mission to fulfill the great commission. What we just read in Matthew 28 and Mark 16, you can read another version of it in Luke, I'm not going to go there, is called the Great Commission, and it is every Christian's purpose. Each of us have different giftings and talents, and we all have special things that we're supposed to do in the earth with those giftings and talents. But if you are a believer in Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus, the Great Commission is your mission, and it's mine. And this, this, is where, this is how it works. As we go, be a teacher. As we go, be a lawyer. As we go, be a barista. As we go, be a server. As we go, be a personal trainer. As we go, be a student. As we go, be a contractor. As we go, 
be a vet, a doctor. As we go, wherever we go, we preach the good news. As we go, wherever we go, we fulfill the great commission. Because that's part of the world. Where you live and go is part of the world. And Jesus said to go to all the world. Question. Do you know approximately, all right, these are approximate numbers, pretty close to exact, but just approximate. Do you know the approximate current population of Kennesaw? Anybody know? 35,000. Kennesaw. How about the approximate current population, and this one's hard because it's constantly skyrocketing, but of all of metropolitan Atlanta? Metro Atlanta currently today, right now, it's actually probably a little bit more than this because this was a little uh, a few months ago, 6,145,000. Does anybody know the, the, the current population of the state of Georgia? 11 million. We've grown. When I was a kid, it was 6 million people in Georgia, the whole state. Now there's that many people in Atlanta. 11 million people in Georgia. How about this one? Do you know 2022, right now, the approximate current population of the United States of America? 11. This one's easy to remember. Easy to remember. 333 million. Yeah. 333 million. There are 333 million souls that live in the United States. Hold on. When I wrote this a few days ago, I think it just ticked up another, another one, okay? What is the current world population? Does anybody know the population of all the nations of the earth? Anybody know? 7.968 billion at the current population growth rate by Christmas 2020 the earth will reach 8 billion people alive by Christmas this year Christmas 2022 what did I say oh That would be hard to do, but you know, by Christmas 2022, by Christmas 2022, the earth will have officially reached 8 billion living souls. Think about this one. In 2022, so far, approximately 88 million people have been born just this year. Approximately 88 million new babies have been born into the earth. New souls that took on a body. And approximately, this, is, this one is really, really hard to, to swallow. Approximately 37 million people have died and passed into eternity. Approximately 87, 88 million have been born and 37 million have died. 
each of them, this is so important, each of them with a spirit, a soul, who will spend somewhere for all eternity. Of the eight billion people on the planet, now listen to my question. How many claim to be Set, to be a Christian. Let's just put it that way. How many of them claim to be a Christian? Now listen. Hear what I'm going to say with this. This would include every single person who identifies as Catholic, Protestant, or even in a cult that has the name of Jesus attached to it. Okay? They claim to be some sort of Christian. You know, two million, two billion, two billion. So one fourth of the population, two billion out of eight billion. And we have to understand, not all of those two billion are really Christians. Many of them are not really born again. They may have grown up with the culture of Christianity. They may have been raised in a Catholic nation or a Protestant nation where they're just, I'm Christian because, I mean, how many people think they're Christian just because they live in the South? And they don't know Jesus from Osama bin Laden. But let's just be super generous and liberal today. Let's say there are two billion born-again Christians on the planet. That leaves how many that are lost and without God, that are far from God, that are separated from God in their sins. How many? Six billion lost souls. Caleb, I want you to stand kind of in front of that plug-in right there. All right, I want you to stand. Matt, I want you to come and stand. No, stand facing this way. Face west, I think. All right, I want you to get in front of him, toe to heel. Toe to heel and your, your hands on Matt's shoulders. Kara, you're next. Toe to heel, hands on shoulders. Toe to heel, hands on shoulders. I want to show you something I learned from Pastor Larry Stockstill a long, long time ago to help us understand how many lost people there are that need Jesus in the world. Toe to heel, Hands on shoulders. Colleen, Liz, Felicia, we'll skip the camera. <laughs> Come on, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. Toe to heel. Toe to heel, hands on shoulders. Come on, somebody, help me. Help me out. Toe to heel, hands on shoulders. Toe to heel, hands on shoulders. I need more helpers. I need more helpers. Come on, come on, come on, come on, Alan, come on, Kwame, come on, come on. Come on, Brianna, come on. Toe to heel. Hands on shoulders. Come on, Mr. Fred. Come on. That's right. Come on. Somebody else help me. Toe to heel. Hands on shoulders. That's right. Come on. Keep it going. I need two more. Three more. Come on. All right. This is good. This is good. All right. Very good. Thank you, Hector. Listen, I want you to just stay here. I want you guys to contemplate this and everybody else look at this. Ready? 
I'm, I'm going to keep you up here for a while, so be ready to just keep standing, okay? Se van a quedar un rato, okay? Okay? Even if there are two billion born-again people, which there are not, but even if every person that claims the name Christ were truly Christian, truly saved, truly born again, that would leave six billion people without Christ, heading to eternity in hell because their sins have not yet been forgiven. If this line, hands on shoulders, toe to heel, were to continue out this door, <laughs> going west, through Paulding County, it would continue all the way to Birmingham, Alabama. From there, it would continue all the way to Meridian, Mississippi, and Dallas, Texas. This line would go all the way. It would stretch all the way across the south, all the way to Dallas, Texas. And then it would keep going. It would go all the way to Amarillo, Las Vegas, San Francisco. The entire length of the United States, the line would stretch that far of lost people without Christ heading to eternity in hell if they don't hear and receive the good news all the way to San Francisco. But then if there were a bridge that could be built over the ocean, the line would continue west. Get this. They would, the line would go all the way to Honolulu. You think that's a lot? It would continue, continue west all the way to Hong Kong. It would cross all of Southeast Asia. It would cross the entire Middle East, reach the coast of Morocco or Portugal. And then the line would keep going. If there were another footbridge, this line would stretch the entire expanse of the Atlantic Ocean. People would still be lining up all the way to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Greenville, Gainesville, back to this door right here. An entire line of people lined up around the, the globe. That's a lot of people in it. Come on, I know this is heavy. But this is real. An entire line around the entire globe of lost people, of people without forgiveness of their sins. But it wouldn't stop there. You know what? The line, if it were to come back through this door, it would just boop, butt up right next to Caleb and Matt and Kara and keep on lining up. Keep on lining up all the way through our church building, all the way out the door, headed west again. It would reach again all the way to Birmingham. Could you believe it would reach all the way to Texas again? It would actually reach all the way back to California. Again. It would actually stretch all the way to Hawaii, Hong Kong, Riyadh, Lisbon, Bermuda, Charleston, Macon, 
and then it would go to Montgomery. Lined up, lined up, toe to heel, hands on shoulders, all the way for a third time to California. For a third time to Hong Kong. For a third time to Morocco. For a third time back through this door. And then a fourth time. And then a fifth time. And then a tenth time. And then a twelfth time. Bear with me. And then a twentieth time. Twenty lines of people lost without a relationship with God. They might have heard. They might have not heard. The point is, they don't know God. Their sins haven't been forgiven. They are on the wide path that leads to destruction, the Bible says. And Jesus said the path to eternity, to eternal life is narrow, but the path to hell and to destruction is wide and many people go that way. It wouldn't stop at 20. It would go a 21st, a 22nd, a 23rd, a 24th, a 25th, a 30th, a 33rd, a 34th, a 37th, a 38th, a 39th. 40 times around the globe the line would reach. 40 times. That's how many people in the earth today are hopeless without Christ, heading to eternity with no hope. Six, that's what six billion people would look like. Six lines around the entire globe. Thank you, guys. You can take your seats. Come on, I'm going to throw something else at you. And I want you to make sure your seatbelt is fastened for this because some of us got some really, really off thinking. Listen, ready? I, I, you know, if you're new here, <laughs> I'm so glad you came today. Because maybe you're in that line. Maybe you're... Maybe you don't know if your sins have been forgiven. Maybe you don't know that if you walked out of here today or this week or anytime soon and that was the end of life, we don't know how long life lasts. It could be gone like that. God forbid you could have a heart attack sitting right here right now. God forbid, I pray his protection over all of us. But how many people are killed in car crashes every day? We don't know how long life will last. We looked at it a few weeks ago. The Bible describes our life as a vapor, right? It's a vapor. It's like, phew, like gas. It's just here and then it's gone. Blink of an eye. Some will live 100 years. Some will live 90. Some will live 80. Some will live 70. Some will live 60. Unfortunately, some will live 20 and 30 years. The question is, when you die, where will you spend eternity? Are you born again? 
Have you given your life to Jesus? Have your sins been forgiven? I know I'm, I got a lot more to share, but this is so important. Maybe you're standing in one of those 40 lines around the globe. Get out of it today. Give your life to Jesus and become someone who lives on mission to help other people get out of that line, to get off that wide path to hell. Come on, join the narrow path. Make a decision to give your heart and life to Jesus today. Because there is, again, I'm going to ask you just to bear with me. There is a really, really weird thing that I've heard Christians say. It's really weird. I've even heard people that I respect say this. Okay? Is it okay to bust a little myth today? Come on, how many of us like to have our myths busted? Here's the myth. Maybe you've believed this. This is it. Lost people end up being saved if they didn't hear the gospel. There's a whole teaching out there that's lost people, if they never had the chance to hear, well, they're saved by their ignorance. If they never heard the gospel, they're going to be saved because they never had the chance. Now, some of you look at me like, isn't that true? That would imply that they deserve salvation. That would imply that we deserve forgiveness even though we've sinned and rebelled against Almighty God. Let me just describe it like this. Just think. An, 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 An island, a small island in the middle of the ocean where there are 200 inhabitants and they do witchcraft and worship idols because that's all they know. They've never heard the gospel of Jesus. They may know that there is a God because Romans tells us very clearly all we got to do is look at the sky and the the creation. Everybody knows, if they want to know, there is a God, a creator. But they don't know him. They don't know who he is. They don't know he loves them. And they most certainly don't know he came to save them. Yet, they are all sinners. Because we all are. Hello? Hello? Sin has infected the entire human race. Now I want you to imagine a missionary going for the first time to this island and bringing them the gospel. For the first time, they've never heard it before. For the first time, they hear the gospel. And listen, out of 200 of them, a hundred of them repent of their witchcraft, repent of their idolatry, receive the Holy Spirit. They're born again. They're set free. They receive eternal life through the good news of Jesus. But a hundred of them reject the message. And they say, we don't want anything to do with that God. If it's true that the ignorant are saved by their ignorance, 
That missionary with his good news just did 200 people more harm than good. Because if they would have all stayed ignorant, they would have all been saved. That is a myth. That is a false teaching. When people don't hear the gospel, they are not qualified for salvation. You and I are saved today because we heard. Yes? Because we heard and we believed. Be careful not to apply your modern westernized thinking and and, and how everybody is just deserving. The only thing you and I deserve in every human being who's rebelled against an almighty God is judgment. We all deserve judgment. No one deserves salvation. Jesus came to give us the opportunity and the gift of salvation. So what about all those people who've never heard? We have our work cut out for us. That's why we have the Great Commission. The thing is, of those 40 lines around the globe of people that are lost, many of them have heard the good news and have rejected it. But they've heard. Many more have never heard the good news and are waiting on us it's crazy what's going around the uh, what going on around the globe right now did you know did you know that millions of muslims are coming to christ through their dreams jesus appearing to them in their dreams because they know about a christ they just don't know who he is isn't that crazy I mean, Jesus wants to save people. It's crazy. You hear stories of missionaries that go to places like islands, remote islands around the world. They've never heard the gospel. But someone shows up and they begin to describe Jesus to these people. And they say, oh yeah, we've seen him in our dreams. Jesus wants desires to save every man, woman, and child. Every soul is so valuable to him that he spilled his blood, that he gave his life so that they could be saved. That's how valuable you are, in case you didn't know. He gave his life to save you. God, in in, in Timothy it says, God is not willing or doesn't desire that anyone should perish, but that all should repent. It is God's heart to save the world. But the way God has provided to save us is by coming. And giving his life. So don't buy that garbage. It is nonsense to think, oh, if people don't hear the gospel, well then... They'll be saved anyway because it's not fair. They didn't have the opportunity to hear. Fair? Fair? I'll tell you what's not fair. The entire human race, we've turned our backs on the God who made us and who loves us. Not fair? 
that God himself entered a human body and bore a criminal's cross and gave up his life to save us. If we're talking about fair, let's go there. If people are saved in their ignorance, why in the world did Jesus go to the cross? Christian, get your beliefs from the Bible. Not from what people think and what people say. Matthew 24, 14. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world. And the translation of this is every ethnos, all nations, so that all nations, every ethnos, every people group, every tribe, every tribe, every tribe, even naked people who live up in trees in the jungle. Jesus gave his life for him. Even those who worship the devil. I was remembering when we went to Cuba because I saw this lady in the street who got saved because she heard the gospel sitting on her rooftop. This church that we, we helped to plant churches and feed kids this lady was sitting on her rooftop and she heard the music and she heard the gospel message being saved. And she said, I had never heard of Jesus. I'd only heard about the devil. And I worshiped the devil my whole life. I'd never heard about Jesus. But when I did, I gave my life to him. And she got set free from that. And is now telling everybody else about Jesus. Let's go back to the scripture. The whole world, this good news about the kingdom will be preached. It will be, y'all. It will be. This is not a maybe. It will be preached throughout the whole world so that every nation, all nations will hear it. And then, listen, and then, and then, not when the prophets are prophesying it, not when a certain election happens, not when a certain famine happens, or a certain natural disaster happens. Come on, not when the next tsunami swipe, sweeps away thousands of souls into eternity. Not when the next city is toppled by an earthquake. Not when they're invading Jerusalem. All that stuff happens is going to happen. But that's not when the end will come. The end will only come then. When? When the whole world has heard the message of Jesus, the good news. Only then. So if you are waiting for the end to come tomorrow and you think Jesus is coming back tonight, then there's an awful lot of work to be done between now and tonight. We better get on it. I'm not downplaying the fulfillment of prophecy and what the prophets are prophesying. I'm not downplaying natural disasters and world events. It's all part of Jesus just said those are just birth pains. That's just signs. The only thing that will bring him back is the whole world hearing the gospel. 
I'm glad somebody thought that that was good and important. <sighs> then the end will come. So what's my one point today? <laughs> one point. Ready? This is the conclusion of it all. The conclusion of seven weeks, six, seven weeks of living on mission. This is it. If you can take one thing away from these past seven weeks, take this one away. Ready? We must live on mission so the whole world can hear. We must. Does anybody want Jesus to return? We must live on mission so the whole world can hear. We must. Let me read you one more thing and we're going to wrap it up. Romans chapter 10. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who, all who believe in, in whom? In Christ are made right with God. And no one else. Listen, it's Jesus or nothing. There's no plan B. Jesus is salvation. And all who believe in him are made right with God. For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. Hello? Has anybody ever been able to obey all the commands of the law of Moses? No. <laughs> but faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth, and don't say who will go down to the place of dead to bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it says the message is very close at hand. It's on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith which we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You'll be what? Saved. You'll be what? Saved. We need saving, y'all. To believe in Jesus isn't just to add something nice to your life. Without him, we are lost and will be condemned forever. We need saving. I don't, I, I don't get this whole weird thing about people, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm still going to live this lifestyle or that lifestyle and do this. And do. Then what did you get saved from? I know what he saved me from. Do you know what he saved you from? If you're saved from something, you don't keep on doing it. If you're rescued from the pit, you don't still live there. If we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and what he did on the cross, that God raised him from the dead, and we confess what we believe, right, that he is our Lord, we will be what? Saved. Saved from sin. For it's by believing in your heart that you're made right with God. 
And it's by openly declaring your faith that you're saved. The scriptures tell us anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile, in other words, everybody are all the same. This is a gift for all, for everybody, no matter if you're black, white, brown, green, rich, poor, old, young, important, unimportant. Everybody's the same and salvation is offered to everyone. They'll have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. Woo! For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The one who's led a good life and nobody would ever know about their sin and the one whose sin has been the most open and scandalous. The one who would be looked at as a person who is good and the devil worshiper, the worst of the worst. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, what's his name? Will be saved. Oh, but here's the most important thing we're going to read today. But how? This is where you and I come in. Come on, say, but how? Come on, when I pause, you say it. But can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? And we've all been sent already, so don't worry about that. Jesus already gave us the Holy Spirit and sent us into the world, okay? That's why the scriptures say how, oh, it says how beautiful, that's how. How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news. I just want you to be aware. Not everyone welcomes the good news for Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who's believed our message? So, so not everybody will believe, but everybody must hear. So, let's go back one more, I'm sorry. So, faith comes from what? For people to ever have faith and be saved, they need to what? Hearing what? The word of God literally translated the gospel. Come on, let's, let's go to that last one. So faith comes from hearing. That is, hearing the good news about Christ. When it says the word of God, it doesn't mean the Old Testament, the law. Although you can find him there, you can find Jesus. But the only way for a person to be saved is through the gospel. The only way for a person... To believe the gospel is to hear it. The only way for a person to hear it is for someone to tell them. Come on, I want you to point at somebody. Just choose somebody and point at them. 
Say, that means you. How, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Let me just say this, and I'm done. Okay, and I want to ask uh, uh, respectfully and reverently for the next couple of minutes, if we could not get up and down, go in and out. Thank, let's just, just for the next couple of minutes, let's, if we could keep that door um, closed. I'm not trapping you. I just want, I want us to respect I'm trapping you to make sure you're saved. Just kidding. No, I just want us to respect the presence of God. I want us to respect the presence of God and the word of God just for another moment, okay? Are we ready? How will Jesus' great commission be fulfilled? How will your family hear the gospel? How will your neighbors hear? How will your friends hear? How will your classmates hear? You better say me. How were your co-workers here? How will our community here? How will the nations here? How will the whole world here? How? By people who live on mission. That's how. And that's the only how. It's the only way. By people who've decided to follow Jesus, not only by confessing him as Lord, but by sharing him with others. Not, not by people who've only said, I love Jesus, but who give what they've been given to others. By people who've not only been forgiven, but share forgiveness with others. By people who've not only received joy, but go and give what they've got to others. By people who've not only received peace through Christ, but go and share that peace with others. How is the whole world going to hear? By people who live on mission. By you and I living on mission. Wherever we go, we give what we have. And we have the good news that saves. Amen. Why invite people to your discipleship group? Why? Why do we, why, why would we ever want to invite new people to our discipleship group or to church? Why? Why did we do a week of planned outreaches? So people can hear. Well, what if they don't believe? They heard. Now they have the chance to. Why did we do a crusade in Mexico? Why? So people can hear, why is Felicia and, and, and we're planning another one in Peru coming up soon? Why? Why did we just go to Cuba and why are we feeding kids and bringing them in so they and their families can? Why? Are we researching the possibility of doing something highly illegal, which would be a mass crusade in Cuba? Why? Why do we send? Listen, why, church? Why does Encounter Church only operate 
on a 90, actually less than a 90% of our budget, why do we always give 10% away to missionaries around the world? Why? So people can hear. Why do we raise funds for missions? Why do we do all of this? Why a whole summer that you've bared with me about living on mission? Why? I'll tell you why. Let's go back to Matthew 24 and we're done. This is why. This is why. Come on, say why. why? We already learned how, right? We already learned how. We already learned how. Come on, tell somebody, you're the how. But why? Let's just remember why one more time. Matthew 24. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that the nations will hear it and then the end will come. That's why. We live on mission to fulfill the great commission because we desire the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am ready for this world to become the kingdom of our God. That's why. And just to close it right now, are you in one of those 40 lines around the globe? Are you today on the broad path that leads to an eternity separated from God? The road to destruction, a life of sin. Or have you repented of your sins? You've gotten out of that big broad path and joined the narrow path. We call it following Jesus. Have you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Maybe almost everybody in here has. I don't know all of you. But I do know this. I don't want to leave today without giving every single one of you the opportunity. If you have not been born again, if you have not repented of your sins, if you're not sure right now that if you died today, if you go to heaven or hell, you don't know. You need to know before you leave today. So I want to ask again, just for the next few moments, let's not go in and out. I want to ask everyone just to stand to your feet. In reverence of God's presence and respect for each other, I want to ask if maybe we could all just close our eyes. Jesus came to save you. Jesus came to save you. Surrender your life to him today. Make a decision to turn away from sin and the ways of this world and to believe on the Lord Jesus, to believe he carried your sins on the cross. He bled and died to forgive you and he rose again to save you forever and to give you eternal life. If you make that decision today, you will be saved. You'll be forgiven. You'll be born again into a life that lasts forever. Is that anybody? Right now, with everyone just with your eyes closed, because 
This is personal. We don't make this decision for anyone else. We make it for ourselves. If today you need to give your life to Jesus, would you just pop your hand up real quick and say, that's me. I need to be born again. Listen, if you've never been born again, or maybe you've believed on Jesus before, but you've been backslidden. Maybe you know today you're not following Jesus, and today you want to decide to come back. Who is that? Say, that's me. Just quickly, you don't have to leave your hand up. Just pop it up and down. Say, that's me. Okay? All right? Who else? Says, that's me. Who needs to give your life to Jesus today? Anybody else? Okay, well, that means that the majority of us are ready. We've received the message, or either we've rejected it, one of the two. Today, if you've received the message and you've believed, you are sent to share the good news. You are sent to live on mission. You are sent with the purpose that the whole world might hear. But for those who have not made this decision, and for those who have been backslidden, and you need to come back to God today, I want just in support of one another. I'm going to pray a prayer. We're all going to pray it together. You can use my words or you can use your own. But if you need to make the decision to give your life to Christ or to rededicate your life to Christ today, I want you to say this with your heart. Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, Lord Jesus Christ. You are God. You love me. You came for me to save me. You lived for me. You hung on a cross for me. You took my sins on yourself, paid the price of death. You took my place so I could be forgiven. Jesus, I believe. Come on, some of us just need to renew our faith today. I really feel that. Some of us really need to just make this confession. Come on, Jesus, I believe. You died for me. You rose for me. You ascended back to the Father to prepare a place for me. Jesus, today I surrender my whole life to you. Save me. I want to follow you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Come on, let's say it one more time. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand for the good news today. Just as we close, we're going to sing that he's worthy. He's worthy of our whole life. When we sing these words, you are worthy of it all. We're talking about more than just our song, more than just our words, more than just everything Christian we can imagine. He is worthy of us living on mission. He is worthy of us living our life to tell the world. For everything came from him and goes to him, he's worthy of it all. Come on, let's give him our hearts and worship before we go today. You are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy.
Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.